Welcome to Parsha in Progress. I'm Abigail Pogrebin, author of My Jewish Year. And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, president of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. And we are two very different Jews talking about the same extraordinary Torah together. Hello, Dov. Hi, Abby. So we're today focusing on Mishpatim laws. After the amazing event of the giving of the Torah and the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, now we have a long list of detailed laws that come afterward. And why don't we just summarize, if you can, because I know that you know them by heart. There's laws about if you dig a hole and uh, somebody's ox falls into it, what, what type of liability you have. If you make a fire and it spreads, what type of liability you have. If your animal goes crazy in a field and ruins your crops. Exactly. The oxen and the falling into the well, those are basic laws about liability and responsibility, which still apply today. You're dealing with a car, you're dealing with pollution. All those things are ready applications of this. So we want to focus today, I think, on this line that we hear so much. You shall not wrong a stranger or oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. We're focusing on Exodus 20 to 20, but this idea of not oppressing a stranger appears 36 times in the mm-hmm. Torah. That's something that is often emphasized because there's nothing else that appears as often. Correct. I want to zero in on the word stranger. Let's first define it as it is in the Torah, kind of like, you know, officially. Okay. It's somebody who is not a citizen of the land. You actually have Abraham describing himself as a gear, as a stranger, um, when he's trying to buy the plot of that becomes the, uh, the burial plot, right? And that's because, For Sarah. And, right? And what he's saying is, I don't have rights to this land. I'm not a citizen. Sometimes it's, the word is sojourner. Stranger, I think, is actually not accurate. Um, non-citizen or sojourner is really much closer to it. But it's been it's been used or extrapolated to be like the other, someone who doesn't belong. Right. Somebody who's a non-citizen is vulnerable, is more somebody who can be taken advantage of, somebody who can be marginalized. So it gets expanded really to everybody who is, how did you say it? An outsider. Yeah. But so then the, there is though a directive not to oppress, which seems to say, that we are insisting on compassion. Am I wrong about that? You shall not do this. Right. You shall not wrong the gear, right? right? Because you were the gear. Right. So this is idea of like, remember what it felt like to you and therefore don't do it to somebody else. Right. So I completely agree. And actually the, the positive of compassion is a different verse, which says you shall love the gear. You shall love the stranger. And the next verse after this about don't oppress the stranger is that you don't shouldn't oppress the orphan and the widow. So those also are people that are easily taken advantage of, easily marginalized. And so, yes, absolutely. I mean, a major theme in the Torah is certainly don't do any wrong to them, but also have compassion towards them, care for them. So let's just talk about you personally today. When you read this verse— and you look at the debate about immigration, I mean, it, it seems to apply pretty directly. Totally. Uh, one qualification, I would say, is that this first doesn't tell you what your immigration policy has to be, that of we course. have to welcome everyone. But once somebody is in our land, we have a responsibility to them. And even if we don't live up to the ideal of one law applying to everyone, that sort of, we don't, that ceiling, we can all sort of not fall below the floor of you shall not oppress the stranger. When I look at the people who oppose a policy of more compassion, whether it be an evangelical Christian or an, or an Orthodox Jew, I don't see how you square that with 
Exodus 22.20? Okay, well, I'll tell you how, at least from a halachic point of view, which is the rabbis interpreted the stranger not as the person on the outside, but somebody who came from the outside and now is on the inside. They interpreted it to refer to the proselyte, the person who's converting. Um, And part of this is because they didn't have a land. They only had a religion. So, you know, what does the stranger mean? So the person who has a sense of otherness is that person who's Jewish by choice, not Jewish by birth. So in a way, they're not really a full stranger because they're a Jew already. Exactly. And that means that the sense of obligation does not reach outside of the Jewish people. So wait, you're saying every time that the word stranger appears in those 36 times, you're talking about a convert? Absolutely. From the halachic point of view. This is like there's no Santa Claus. This is a yeah, shock. I know, I know. And that feeds into so a much more— So how does it become a moral value? How does it become a Jewish value? Sadly, I think that for some it isn't, um, which is really shocking and deeply disturbing. Um, for some Jews it is For isn't. some Jews it isn't. For some, for you some know, observant for Jews it isn't. Who, who only sort of This is look not at for things. the non-Jew. This is right. This is for the Jew who converted. That's a Shonda. Yes, yes, it is. I'm not and, saying we shouldn't do right. it for the convert, but this is this should be beyond— a Jew. Absolutely. Look, I think there's there's a question of what halacha demands and what our Jewish values demands. Halacha might not demand that we act outside. I wish it would, but it doesn't, outside of the community. But I think our Jewish values unquestionably do. But not everyone agrees, sadly. Is there any halacha that does demand compassion for the non-Jew? Um, let's think. <laughs> wow, it's that hard? Yeah. Um, this is, like, not good for the Jews. It's pretty powerful, but it's pretty bad. Yeah. You're telling me it's hard for you to find any text in our Torah that says that you have to be good to the non-Jew, to the person who is not in our family. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying, do I find, can I find a halacha that says that? Okay, I said halacha. Okay, so halacha, it's very hard. I mean, there's a text that you're not allowed to cheat or to steal from a non-Jew. It's not exactly the same as having compassion. So there is a rabbinic teaching, which is called, based on the principle of darche shalom, the principle of ways of peace, that says that if you're going to take care of the Jews in your community, you have to also take care of the non-Jews. You have to visit their sick, bury their dead, um, and really actively give give them tzedakah, take tzedakah from them if they want to be supporting the Jewish community. So they're actually Where is that? that is a text that appears in Gitin, Gitin, and Tractate Gitin. And uh, some people read it as self-interest, like we have to be good to them so they don't kill us. But I think that the much better read of that is that we all recognize the sense that we're intertwined, and therefore, if we want to live together in a peace in a ways of peace, we have to take care of one of one another. Got it. So I'm going to put you on the spot, put us both on the spot here. Okay, because you if know I'm going to turn this question onto you. Well, if we're honest about it, we're all wronging a stranger mm-hmm. every day, right? And can you be honest about either an example or a way in which you think about trying to avoid that, trying to be mindful of it? Mm-hmm. Well, I would I would certainly say that I have not been active at all in terms of the immigration issue, and my students have, and they've really been political act. You know, some of them have. They've really gone out there and been involved in rallies, and I've sort of allowed myself to be aware of the problem, but not, but some degree, oblivious of it. You know, so I think that 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 really is something that I think I feel that that I haven't done correctly. What about you, Abby? Well, I I mean, you sort of stole mine, which is instead of commission, I think of omission. Mm -hmm. I think of 
I read about the plight of of immigrants, of migrants, and I feel helpless. And mm-hmm. I think that that reaction is a, is in a way um, an excuse mm-hmm. that to feel like you're impotent is a a poor excuse for um, inaction. Mm-hmm. And there is something all of us can do. Right. And I think I'm I'm very compassionate without figuring out a way to make a difference. You know, Abby, that's a good point about the compassion because that gets back not just to acting but to loving the stranger. And um, I think just act, learning, teaching ourselves how to act on those feelings and at least do something, I think that'll make a real difference. Can you think of something that you'll want to do tomorrow? You know, I think loving the stranger is, is hard. I, I think that this is what I'm struggling with. We, our families, our uh, ancestors were absolutely marginalized when we got mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those of us who are their descendants just don't have any kind of emotional memory of what that felt mm. like. And I, I think that what I need to do is kind of get inside what it really feels like to be mm. the, the person that's come late to the majority or late to the city or late to the classroom or late to the boardroom or wherever someone is, there's a consciousness that they are feeling Mm. that they are the outsider coming in afresh Mm. and the new girl in school. And, and that there's all these assumptions that go with that, Mm -hmm. that, that where I might say, well, you you know, I, I don't think about it because we're all sitting at the same table, but for them, they're carrying something extra and harder. And I think I should go out of my way to kind of, Get inside what that feels like, hmm. and 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 then act differently. Right, and, right. And that might be the person from whom you buy your morning coffee, or it might be the person whom you're sitting with in a meeting. You know, that makes me think of something that has been occurring regularly at the rabbinical school, which is that we open the morning on a Monday morning with a circle, and you know, reflecting, reviewing. And one person is usually late because he finishes his prayers late. And when he comes, we're all ready to open up the circle and make space for him. But he just gets very upset and he leaves. He says, I don't want you to have to make space for me. I want to really belong in the first place. So since then, we've been leaving an empty chair for him. <laughs> but what would be best is if we all waited for him to finish his prayers. But, you know, sometimes that's not exactly possible. So let's finish by a commitment to open the circle or to leave a chair. Uh, amen to that, Abby. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Parsha in Progress is written and hosted by Abigail Pogrebin and Rabbi Dove Linzer. The show is produced by Shira Telushkin and executive produced by Josh Cross and Tablet Magazine. Our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. We'd be so grateful if you'd head over to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It helps more people find us. You can also write or fetch to us at this email, Parsha in Progress at tabletmag.com. Thanks for listening.